The Accidental Entrepreneur is produced by Mindhacker Law and brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors. One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. North Authentic, the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Even like a, a business card. Mitch, would you hand someone a business card that looks like you just made a paper airplane with it? No, of course not. We're talking about a first impression here. And I'll, I'll use event promotion just because it's so visual. Yeah. If someone's an event promoter, but you Google search them and they look like they're freaking slob, wow, what reflection on how they run their events does that make? Right. So some people are more slobbier contra. It's the same thing. You get a word of mouth referral. You go to Google. Most of the time, like people are losing on their word of mouth referrals because someone's going to Google, not finding them, look sloppy, going to the competitor. So this is like beyond even like let's do lead generation. This is like let's not lose leads. Let's right. not lose our referrals. Yeah, like let's forget about lead generation yet. Let's let's not blow it up front to begin with. Exactly. Let's yeah. let's have our image online represent our image in person because whether we like it or not, that's just the way of the world. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. My name is Ben Albert and I ask questions for a living. Two categories. I have a podcast, series of podcasts called Real Business Connections and a marketing firm where it's all about asking the right questions to get the proper answers. Okay. And welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is a little bit of a dreary Friday, and I'm excited to have a, a guest with me who, intru- who was introduced to me by a good friend, um, Ivona, who I think is in California. I don't remember exactly where she is, but we'll talk about that, Ben. And um, if you're listening on your favorite directory and you can leave us a review, please leave us a five-star review. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to our feed so we can continue to bring valuable conversations like the one we're going to have today. So Ben Albert from Balbert Marketing, I want to welcome you. I want to thank Ivona for connecting us. And we will talk a little bit about your background and, you know, in business and things like that, but also, you know, the kinds of things, the good conversations we can have about marketing for small business owners. Because I think, you know, as much as I continue to have the conversation with you and other people, I, I don't think people get it. Like they kind of get it a little bit, but then they fall off the wagon. So, but maybe you want to start with you know, your background and your story, and then we'll kind of lead into it. I'll just start asking you questions as we go. Does that sound good? Sounds great, man. And again, yeah. thank you to Ivona. Thank you to you for giving, lending me this opportunity. That was great um, to have you. you. You could be interviewing anybody and it just happens to be me. So I really do appreciate you. You're the guy. And, and I love the podcast. I love the name of the podcast, The <laughs> Accidental yeah. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, Entrepreneur Magazine doesn't like it very much, but we, <laughs> we agreed to disagree. So you can agree to disagree. Yeah. It's it's hilarious because I'm not just saying this because I'm on your show. Like I genuinely believe that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Yeah, a lot of people do. I mean, we kind of fall yeah. into things. That's the way life works, right? That's how life works. Yeah, and, exactly. and we can dissect it as much. We can go anywhere you want with the conversation. But the short version is yeah. COVID hits. I don't have to tell anybody okay. what COVID is. COVID hits. 
I'm furloughed from work because I'm a sales executive and our number one product is video production. No, oh, geez. And we're doing videos all across the United States. Right, so, so you're traveling, you're doing on location stuff. On location stuff and then right. there's no travel, there's no video. Nothing. There's no fulfillment. And I'm in the sales role, so I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Like even if you're good, you're not really getting that many sales. Yeah, so, now at that point, did you always work, Ben, for companies? Like you never really went out on your own. So it, was, it wasn't like you were like, oh, I think I'm going to go out on my own. They're like, here, the door's open. They pushed you out, out of the had, train and you landed had, in the field and you're like, what do I do now? What do I do now? I didn't right. even bring a pocket knife. Yeah. I, I always worked for companies. Um, I mean, I, I went to school. The typical path was always working a job in school, then was working two jobs. Then I finally got into a salary position with a company. Finally, was only working one job. Um, right. The only thing entrepreneurial I had done, I, I shouldn't even say this, but I say it because it's legal in New York now. I used to sell pot when I was a teenager. Yeah, that's not uh, legal, but it is entrepreneurial. Not in it. it, it that's why I bring it up. And, yeah, and on, if it wasn't legal, I probably wouldn't mention it. But um, so other than that, and like having a music blog and promoting bands on the side, right. I didn't see myself as a business owner. Right. But you were a sales guy. Yeah. I mean, that's right. You weren't the video production guy or you weren't behind the camera. You were a sales guy. I was a which sales is kind of one of the better backgrounds. Kind to, of guy, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of the better backgrounds to go into your own business. If you don't know sales or you're afraid of selling, good luck. You know, trying to build a business, not like you couldn't do it, but it's very hard. Listen, everybody's in sales and the best salesperson's the kid who wants a candy bar at the grocery store. We're all in sales. We're all in influence and persuasion. Exactly. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you can call it business development. You can call it marketing. Whatever makes you, call you comfortable. Call it networking. Right. But until you, you accept that, I to, think. Yeah. Yes. You have to Absolutely. amplify your influence. Right. So. Absolutely. So I did have a good background there, but I was, I didn't have an entrepreneur on my wall when I was younger. I didn't think right. it would happen. Um, but when I'm furloughed, I mean, we know how, what happened with COVID. Yeah. You're like, what do I, I do now? Right. I got lucky. I mean, I, first off, I started selling for as a 1099 employee selling magazine ads, magazine advertising, um, and slowly was like, let's, let's start this marketing firm started Balber marketing. Now you also LLC. had a, a severance for a short period of time. So you had a little bit of money coming in the door or no, no. No, they just let you go. Yes. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, Trial I mean, by fire. I mean, it will. And if we want to get really technical, part of COVID, and this is a non political statement, it's an absolute fact. The government was writing me fat checks to be unemployed. Right. The most anyone has ever gotten paid to be unemployed. Um, so I did have. Um, Some of the yeah, money. unemployment money coming in. And what I did is I lived like a freaking poor person and reinvested that into getting an LLC, into upgrading my equipment, into spending some money on ads. Like I, I literally was taking the government's money and yeah. reinvesting it. Into That's a good a use of the government's money. Exactly. And yeah. I'm proud that I used it that way. A lot right. of people didn't use it that way. No, they still just lived off it as long as they possibly could and didn't want to go back to work. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. And we knew that wasn't going to last forever. It wasn't sustainable, even from an economic standpoint. It's not good for the it's not good for the economy to liquidate your economy and keep giving money out to people. You know, it may be socially acceptable, but it's not good. Look what look what's going on now. Now we have terrible inflation and, and rates are going up, and it's all because of we were just giving money away. Yeah. I, I look, everyone needed it, right? The companies needed it, you needed it, I needed it, we all needed to survive. But now time to pay the price. And that's the way it's going to be for a while. So yeah. But you were Dude, smart. You were smart about it. It's complicated stuff because uh, we'll use minimum wage as an example. I right. think everyone agrees that people need to have the ability to make ends meet. Yeah. But if you raise minimum wage, but everything else inflates at the same time, you actually it didn't. Right. You, you it didn't really didn't do make anything. any change. Yeah. It might have gotten worse. It might have right? gotten worse, but people yeah. psychologically think it's getting better, and I don't like right. that kind of manipulative tactics. At the end of the day, give people a higher level of fulfillment. Um, it, the, the government was all over the place, but I took right. it as a great freaking opportunity where I was getting paid to start a business, and I'll be totally transparent with you. If I wasn't receiving that you know, stimulus, extra unemployment money – Right. I probably would have got the first job I could get out the door because I right because it'd been too hard to you needed money, and that's how my life's always been. So I saw it as a it, nothing about COVID was a good thing on a large scale, but for there were me, silver linings. Yeah, it was, it was such a silver lining because now 
I'm on accidental entrepreneur and I don't have to pretend right. like you hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll do that as we're talking because I I'm have this cough. I think it's going to linger for months. So yeah, yeah we're talking about COVID as yeah. if it's in the past. It still I know. Exists, man. It's only in the past for me a week ago until <laughs> oh, I get man. it again. But I get How are you feeling? Boost. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling fine. It's just that I have this cough that's like down in my lungs that it... You know, if I talk too much or whatever, I it's just I just cough. But yeah, I'm all healed. I'm all recovered. If that's well recovered, but it is what it is. But um, is all right, so let's is. go. But let's go back to your story. So you're you're now. So what what's the? I always ask this question. What's the first day of the rest of your life? Like you you get furloughed, right? Now you you're not that nervous because you know what's going on in the economy. You're going to get money, right? Everybody was getting money. It wasn't that hard? I mean, I know it was a nightmare for some people getting it approved, but. Yeah, states were a mess, but it was a, it was a mess. Yeah, but the money the money starts coming in eventually. So, what's what's the what, what's the first thing that you did? You're like, did you sit down and say, oh shit, what do I do now? Did you have a plan? Did you what did you do from the I entrepreneur mean, standpoint? From the uh, <laughs> the uh, that takes me a different read direction. a book because find an I article. Was gonna, I was gonna say the first thing that I did was sit around and watch Netflix for weeks, depressed right. and wondering what was gonna happen. And, well, you know, I think I did the know. same thing. I wasn't really getting <laughs> dressed, right? I was like, I mean, you know, two three weeks we'll be on our couch, we'll be all back to work. This is gonna be over. This mm-hmm. is not a big deal. And then I realized, oh my god, I'm gonna like waste away my couch. I better start putting clothes on, going onto these Zoom meetings, pretending like I'm actually a person, and. You know, and then it was months, obviously. So, yeah. So I, I had mentioned before I started selling magazine uh, advertising. How did you find that opportunity? Just online, ten ninety nine sales job, okay. part time, yeah. ten ninety nine sales job. Um, I knew again. This is call me a mooch. I knew what I was doing. If I went and I got a low quality full time job, I wouldn't get the unemployment. Right. So I got a part time ten ninety nine job, so, so I could start qualified. to build. Because something like selling magazine advertising or building a paper doesn't happen overnight. Right. It takes a little bit of time to get to a point where you're actually self-sustaining, especially yeah. if it's a 1099, you're not, it's a commission-only job. But long story, light, slightly longer, the actual important part is I was like, let's try this marketing thing. I called it Balbert Marketing because I'm Ben Albert. I just took the B in the Albert. There you go. I didn't overthink branding. I didn't overthink anything. I just right. thought, you know what? I understand all my marketing. Literally, the laptop that's right in front of me that I'm talking to you on right now is all I need to start a marketing firm. Right. I understand the sales. I understand the marketing. Let Let's give it a shot. So, now, I had you done it. marketing before, or you just had the background in it? Because you were doing video product, video sales before, but maybe before that you were doing marketing. So, even the company where where we sold video, we sold. We sold everything. We sold Google. We sold websites. We sold SEO. Got the it. Prim- the primary product was a video production product, but I had sold the products. And honestly, I was the most curious and mer- most annoying. I was not a good culture fit a lot of the time because right. I didn't always follow the playbook the way it was written. Right. And entrepreneur accidentally, I guess, I wasn't following the playbook. Because I was always learning, I was always growing, I was always reading, um, right. and the way people would present certain products was often potentially incorrect. So I would kind of get on their people's. I would just kind of grind some gears in this. But long story short, I was learning all the things I needed to know about marketing, where I right. could do I could do the fulfillment person's job. I was right, in a sales you, you role, right? But you, you to be an effective salesperson, you really do need to know what's going on behind the scenes and what the product is and how it works. What do you got to do? Because you're going to get questions like that when you're trying to sell and close deals. And you 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 can't always say, oh, let's call the technical people just to make you look good. Yeah. I mean, you could be a, you could be a salesperson and make a lot of money quickly, but if you're going to be a sales professional long-term as a trusted advisor, you need to know your stuff. But there is a lot of people, there's a sling, a bunch of lies and hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Right. I'm not about that. So I was learning my stuff. So I, and I was, I was marketing bands on the side. I had a music podcast. Okay. Oh, you're already into podcasting at that point. I was like, I was like a music guy, man. I was in podcasting in the music world. I was booking at bars. I was like doing all the stuff on the side, but I didn't even like define it as marketing. I was just sort of like a promoter and advocate for cool people. And I was doing that before I even had a job in marketing. Nice. But to get to the main point, I set up the LLC thinking, let's give this a shot. Let's see where it goes. 
um, the week of me setting up the LLC, a local charter school, um, Rochester Prep, they're, they're a charter school. They had went completely virtual as all Got schools it. were going. Right. And so they went virtual and they wanted to offer podcasting as an elective to their students. Yeah. A lot of schools are starting to do that now. Isn't that yeah. cool? Really so my first ever students. Yeah, I think it's and awesome. It's kick butt because we can also do it via great. Zoom. Every every student right. already had a Chromebook, so it wasn't good audio. Yeah, now that it's but, fun for the kids, but they really learn a lot of good skills, you know, communication skills and things like that. That's yeah. I'm spoiler alert. My podcast class was not about tech. Everybody was at home. Right. So, so ultimately, we talked about communication. We talked about listening. We talked about setting up scripts, those kind of things. Oh, they wanted really, to do this like during COVID, like remotely and started virtually. They started. Uh, I think they their first ever year was before COVID. And then they had to go virtual because of COVID. Um, but the whole reason I bring it up is that was my first client. There you go. And you, a, you're up in Rochester. You're in that area. Yeah. Rochester, yeah. New York. So, right. so yeah, man. It wasn't a small to medium sized business that needs web design and SEO. It was actually yeah. an education role, which I would have never said yes to if I if I wasn't unemployed at the time. So right, like exactly. Things started to happen for me, and it kind of like just things would fall into my place. It was really cool. And, and as a side note, the the reason they found me, yeah, that was my question. Had you my, find them? Had they find you? My music podcast ranks first on Google in the region. There you go. See, so, no, I get business because marketing, podcasts, marketing. right? Of course, being seen, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Seen and remembered. They go, well, Ben must know podcasting if he's ranking top, right? I mean, is it so? Okay, good. They didn't know what to do and they found you. So you weren't really looking for a client at that point. They found you. Yeah. Well, I wasn't looking for a charter school. I mean, I'm not. Well, that's the last thing. You're I don't think, dislike right? kids, but I didn't dream of being a high right. school you know, teacher. It, right. it, it just sort of came out of the blue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. OK. Yeah. So that but that was still a freelance job, right? It wasn't they didn't put you on staff or anything. That was a freelance job. Um, okay. We like adjunct, let's call it. Yeah. Adjunct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Even Good. like even like a vendor, this is high school even. kids or, or they have all there's a prep, prep school. So they got what? Yeah, it what was it, it was high school kids. They were primarily 10 to 12. Um, and then after first semester, they loved the program and then they did a regional program. So um, it's a prep school, but there's like 60 of them in the region. Got so it. then I did the local one and then I did the regional one. So my number one source of income was teaching students. It wasn't even the marketing firm yet. That's funny. So, and then what did you do? You built, you weren't obviously doing all the classes. If you, they got 60 locations, you're building out oh, no. curriculum for them and stuff. We just had the local. So we had the local class and then we had a regional class and the regional class um, allows anybody in the region to attend this. So it was like an extra credit kind of thing. So let's say there's 20 After kids in the hours. class. These different places as opposed to the first class, which was just the local school. Beauty of Zoom. I mean, they could. Yeah, bring right. In the class wasn't that big and if it wasn't regional well, it would probably be zero people so yeah, it was the zoom yeah you couldn't do it this way that's true you know could you imagine i was saying that to somebody could you imagine if when the pandemic hit we didn't we weren't at the stage that we are now from a technology technology standpoint that yeah zoom was still in its infancy but you know all these services grew up real fast and we have the infrastructure and the internet to handle this stuff could you imagine if we were locked in our houses with no way to communicate except the telephone. How and, could you go on a call with 50 people? You couldn't do networking. You couldn't do connecting uh, with people. Imagine if the people in charge, the people in charge were the same people that told you that cigarettes were fun to smoke. Yeah, they the you same go. people that told you that six servings of bread was like the core of a food pyramid. Like we need to eat <laughs> as much bread as possible. Right, exactly. What if those are the people running the world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. During the pandemic, and we, been good. we couldn't communicate. Right. I don't know what would have happened. It could have been freaking war. Could have been really bad. Yeah, yeah, really bad. I think we handled it really well considering the, the circumstance we were yeah. in. I didn't even know what oh, Zoom man. was until, I mean, I had been told about it. I had some friends that did some um, like coaching with executives across the country. So they would have these little classes, but I'd never seen it. I'm like, well, what do you mean? There's people on the screen. I don't, I, like, I don't get it. And then I get a, an email from a friend. Hey, we're having a Zoom mark, you know, networking meeting on this date. I'm like, okay. Set up an account, went. And there was all these people. Boom. Boom. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm connecting with the world. You know? 
So, okay. So, so you, so you got your first gig, but it really wasn't a marketing gig. It was teaching kids how to podcast. That's right. But it brought some money. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was something. And uh, the beauty about the magazine gig is I'm a 1099, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my own boss with it. Right. So when I was reaching out to businesses, I was doing a ton of research when I was reaching out to businesses. I didn't necessarily, and I don't have to go through the whole sales structure and the pitch, but I didn't necessarily say, hey, would you like to buy magazine advertising? That was not my pitch. Magazine was part of my collection of products. So I have a web design background. I have a Google background. I have an SEO background. So I could actually diagnose what they needed. And then I had the magazine as an option for them. Right. However, I could also sell them my products as well. So I was kind of just building my toolbox before I really had many clients at the time. Sure. And you weren't employed by the magazine company, so you could do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't say that this company told me to call you and sell you this, right. but I could call as an independent representative, and it was a local company, and I'm a local guy, so it, that helps yeah. that you're local. It's not like you're calling across the world as just a cold caller. Right. Like I, I live down the street. You want to grab coffee? Most people didn't because of COVID, but right. you know, coffee here or then, jump on a phone call. I'm you just have virtual on the road. coffee now, I assume. 100%. Exactly. So that was how you started building your clientele. Hundred percent. Who was your first client? You remember? Let's put the school aside. <laughs> it, it was a real estate agent. Real estate agent. Yeah, those are good, right? Because they're small. They generally have to do their own marketing and awareness, just because they're part of uh, Keller Williams or Coldwell Banker. They they kind of operate as little units or independently. And yeah. you started what building? It was all e-commerce at that point. Are you building stuff online, or what were you doing I, from a marketing standpoint? He needed a whole first impression overhaul. I, I see this all the time okay. um, and I hear it all the time. My number one source of referrals is word of mouth. And of I'm course. like, yes, that's such a good sign. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. That means you're not scamming people. You're not pressuring right. people. Like, people are he, giving you good reviews. They like you. Right. So right. if your top source of referrals is word of mouth, that means you're, again, people like you, you're providing good service. But then I Google search this person and it actually looks like they showed up to work in their pajama pants. Right. They're not handling that. They're not paying attention to that side of it. hundred percent. Yeah. I and, find a lot of people that you, you ask them, well, how do you get your business? Oh, it's all word of mouth. I'm like, well, what kind of marketing? I don't do any marketing, but the marketing is happening actually, because you can't, it's very hard to avoid, you know, the, the, the virtual world, right? Because there's people take photos of you, go to an event, things get posted. So you're out there. And if you don't work on that side of it, you know, it, it, it's going it, to be a detriment to you. Like one can support the other. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that offline. And a lot of people really miss that opportunity. Now, look, I know some people are very busy and sometimes maybe they don't want to market the crap out of themselves and they got plenty of business coming in and it's working for them and whatever. But I think you still got to clean that up. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be a machine where you just got you know leads coming in every day and this and that. Some people aren't that ambitious. That's fine. But you still got to clean it up. It's like you said, you don't pay attention to it. They're going to think you're sitting around in your pajamas. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to get into podcasting? Maybe to market your business for your own enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners. Care for your health. Care for the planet and look flippin' great doing it. North Authentic is a conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. Their pro stylists curate only the most fabulous non-toxic hair products with better-for-you shampoos, serums, masks, and more that actually give you gorgeous hair without hurting your health or the planet. Hey, you've only got one life, one planet, and one glorious mane. Might as well treat them all as best you can, right? Try a 100% clean hair care routine prescribed just for you using their link in the show notes. If you don't see a big, beautiful difference, 
in how your hair looks and feels, you can tell them they're crazy. Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about findyourhealthyplace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAEPODCAST for all your purchases to get the best prices at findyourhealthyplace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Yeah, think about it. Even like a a business card. Mitch, would you hand someone a business card that looks like you just made a paper airplane with it? No, of course not. We're talking about a first impression here. And I'll I'll use event promotion just because it's so visual. If someone's an event promoter, but you Google search them and they look like they're freaking slob, what reflection on how they run their events does that make? Right. So some people are more slobby or contra. It's the same thing. You get a word of mouth referral. You go to Google. Most of the time, like people are losing on their word of mouth referrals because someone's going to Google, not finding them, look sloppy, going to the competitor. So this is like beyond even like let's do lead generation. This is like let's not lose leads. Let's right. not lose our referrals. Yeah, like let's forget about lead generation yet. Let's let's not blow it up front to begin with. Exactly. Let's yeah. let's have our image online represent our image in person because whether we like it or not, that's just the way of the world. Yeah. No, I, as a as a lawyer, a lot of lawyers I know, I mean forget about the fact that we have no business skills, but they they don't really pay attention to like, you know, online reviews and things like that because they're like, well, I don't get I get business from referrals. Yeah. But you know what happens? Because I do, I have an online referral system where if I finish a matter for you, I send, I put you in a queue, you get an email that says, hey, thanks for your business, this, that. I'd love if you can review us, whatever. I get all these reviews. So what happens is you refer somebody, you tell John Jones, hey, you know, Mitch is in New Jersey. He'd be perfect for you. You're in New Jersey. He's a business attorney. And let me introduce you to him. Well, like you said, we connect. And then the second thing you do is you go and you do a search for me and you see that I got all these reviews, clients that are ha- satisfied with what I did, how I do it, good website, things like that. Then I asked them, well, how'd you find me? Well, you know, Ben had connected us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and I also looked online. You had a lot of review, a lot of really good Google reviews. Mm. They all feed off each other. And I think it's a huge, huge gap that people just don't, they don't really, it's not even that they don't get it. They don't think that it's valuable. And you you and I both know it, it's very valuable and can be detrimental, like you said. It's it's so valuable and yeah. it's easy. And most people, if right. you ask them, well, first off, there's so much psychological going on in this. But if you ask someone to leave a review, especially on the spot when you just gave them an incredible like, amount of value, they will. And then yeah, they feel all obligated. They appreciate what you did. They feel obligated. They appreciate it. And then psychologically, they think, wow, this person, Mitch, really over-delivered. I left yeah. a review. It, it, asking for a small favor is always great because like, I'm the person who gives favors. I'm the person who gives reviews. Mitch right. is a stand-up guy. So when you come back around later on and ask for maybe a referral, they think, well, I already left him a five-star review. Yeah. It's, it, it's Instead of being like, hey, thanks for doing business with me. Can I give you 10 referrals? It's like, no, can you leave a review? They leave right. a review. You stay, you know, you, 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 you send them, whether it's a newsletter, you stay in their orbit. And then when you ask them for the referral, they're like, you know what? I actually like this guy. And then they give the referrals plentifully because it was their choice rather than you trying to like pull it out of them. So there's yeah. a lot of psychological things going on when you're building a relationship with your clients that's beyond just the five stars. Of course. There's so much going on there. It's like permission marketing. It, it's, and, you know, as a professional, as a is. lawyer in New Jersey, and this is true for other professions in some cases, I cannot ask for referrals. Like, it's not really ethical mm. for me to say, Ben, I did a great job. Hey, who can you refer me to? Now, you might be fine with that, or you may also file an ethics complaint. So, you know, I, I don't do that. What I do is I ask people to review me, and if they need it, you know, whatever. So you got to do a soft sell that way. Some of the professions you have to, as opposed to other sales jobs where you don't where you can, uh, what's a good example? Your financial advisor, right? You do a whole workup of somebody, you do a fact finder, 
you learn about their family. And while you're going through it, you learn who their brother and sister-in-law is and these people. And then you might say, hey, Ben, you know, you mentioned your brother-in-law lives in, you know, in uh, central New York. Would, um, I'm not going to take that. That was my doctor. Would, uh, would you, you know, refer, would you, would you be comfortable referring them to? I can't even ask for that. So, right. you know, so you, you do have to do it from the, the soft marketing standpoint. But yeah, some people, they look at it, they get all nervous and they're like, they don't like to sell, so to speak. Well, that's a good way to get around it. Get information out there that supports what you're doing and makes you look good and says the good things about what you're doing. But you got to have a system in place, right? I mean, you have to, or else you're just going to drop what you're doing. You're not going to keep, you have to have a keep in touch program and, and, and the whole thing. And if you're not doing that, you're going to eventually stop doing it. That's what the problem is. Yeah, it's a system in place. And my system is always to be connecting. Right. There's, there's, I think it's kind of toxic in sales. The ABC of sales always be closing. You're closing on the appointment. You're closing on some yes ladder to get them to buy. You're closing on the buy. You're closing like stop closing people. It's too much. Yeah. Right. Always makes you uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable. And by now, like it, it's, you can like smell the commission breath on people and it's uncomfortable. I I don't want to be sold to. They see right through you. I want to be empowered. I have a sales background. I don't sell anymore. I empower people to buy through the way. I market. So right. instead of always be closing, always be connecting, always yeah. be front of mind, Good always advice. be providing value. Yeah. And then they will come to you when they're ready and the, your clients will love you and love working with you and you be your best advocates because they you didn't force them into a relationship they didn't want. Right. Well, I mean, you know, good salespeople are supposed to help you make a decision that you should be making that's good for you, not feel like they're forcing you to do that's something right. that you really don't want to do anyway. That's not that's sales. Right. I mean, people look at it that way. Like sales is getting people to buy stuff. No, that's not true. It's getting people to make decisions that they need to make that are good for them. Just something either they don't understand, they're not educated, you know, where they don't see the value of it. And then they then they can make it. There's enough people for you and I to talk to that we don't have to always be closing. Not at all. It's my my girlfriend taught me this and I'm gonna butcher it, but so <laughs> I, I didn't even know what a sale was. So again, I'm butchering it, but basically a sale is when person A agrees to pay for person B's whatever, and then right. person B fulfills their end and person A pays for it. So just yeah. because you got an agreement, if there's no transaction, if they still gotta execute, pay, right? You right. have to execute. Right. You got to deliver think, the product, deliver the service, then you pay exactly. for it. Exactly. Just right. because someone agreed to buy something doesn't make it a sale. It's a sale when you can execute above what you pr- – maybe not above what you promised, but at least what you promised right. on both ends, that's a sale. Right. <laughs> I yeah, look, there's think, some industries yeah. you can't even collect money until you execute. Right. Maybe a little bit of the money, but not all the money. You have right. to finish the job. You know, your home improvement contract or something like that. And that's why it's always be connecting customer centricity. Yeah, always be connected is very fulfilling, good. Like fulfilling yeah. orders properly is the true sales and the true way of doing business. It's not, oh, I just have a high top line, but you have a low, you, everybody cancels on you. It's right. not a way to live your life or, or they're unhappy with you. They'll never recommend you. That's not a way to live your life. No, no. Look, I guess there's some people that don't care. They just, they do bully their way through and they just get these sales, but it's not, it's something that I aspire to. It doesn't make me feel good sleep at night. It's, you, you, it's, you know, you don't feel good about what you're doing and helping people. You can tell you I'm know? a little callous because I've been in toxic environments and yeah. I've been in non-toxic environments. The non-toxic is much better. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in the toxic environment, you don't actually know any different. No, you, right. That's the problem. Like if you're so caught up with being toxic and living that life, you get used to it. And then you get out in the real world and you're like, Wow, this is different. I can do that. I always tell people there you can sell or you know help people do business and whatever it is in a comfortable way. Like it, if it's uncomfortable for you, then find a way to do it comfortably. Maybe that is to get a review, you know, from people. Maybe it is to do whatever it happens to be. It doesn't have to be sales doesn't have to be uncomfortable. If it's uncomfortable, you're doing something wrong. You, you need a new approach. Because you're going to eventually hate what you do, quit what you do, because you're just going to be, like you said, you're going to just feel like nauseous. Yeah. And, and you deserve more, especially if you got a good product and service and you're not. Yeah, it could be fun. You could be helping people, feeling oh good about gosh. it and get well paid for what you're doing. I tell people all the time, you're doing someone a disservice. If you have a great solution that can help them. 
right. but you're too shy to right. even offer them the opportunity to learn about it. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know how we got on sales, but I like talking about sales. No, no, no. Every I, entrepreneur, I, yeah. you said it. Every entrepreneur is going to have to be able to sell at some point. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's one of the problems. Like people have this impression of sales that it's this slimy thing because of the pushy people that you mentioned before in sales. That's the always the, you know, the sales guy was the guy pulled in with the wagon in the 1800s and was selling this stuff in a bottle like magic. And it turned out to be cocaine or whatever, you know, years later. And, uh, and, you know, bad things. And, and there was no caring about what you're, or, or Tin Men, remember that movie where they would come and sell the, the siding, I things, Danny DeVito, whatever. And they would, it was like a bait and, bait and switch type of, thing. I mean, they would do anything to sell to these people you see it on wall street too. And, and they don't, they don't really understand what real salespeople people do, but let, let's go back to marketing because you were talking oh, before, like you, you made, you made a comment. So I want to make sure we back it up. And we teach some people some things that getting started marketing, doing it properly is easy. So w- let's talk about what do you, what's easy about it. If I start a company, how do I start marketing? What are my first few steps to start making myself look good? Little food for thought for people. Yeah. I mean, it, here's the thing. Most things in a lot of categories are easy. However, it's going to take a time investment. Yeah. And you can hire someone to do it for you, but you, you need you to have be no able, money. Right. You need to have the grit to invest in yourself and your business to do it. Um, right. Really simple example used to be called Google My Business. They changed the name to Google Business Profile. Um, but Google My Business, Google Business Profile, it doesn't matter. Type that into Google. It's a free tool that if someone were to go and type in, you know, Albert Marketing into Google, I'm doing it so I have the visual. Yeah. I've got my service area. I've got 52 reviews. I've got my hours. I got my phone number. I've got products. I've got services. All for free on Google without paying a single penny for Google or a website. So you want to basically capture your business listing on Google? 100%. Capture okay. that business listing and treat it like it's a social media platform. Got it. Spend as much time on it as possible. Um, because another thing that's pretty darn cheap, you can go to vistaprint.com. You can hire someone on uh, Fiverr or Upwork to do it. Get business cards. Yeah. Have a business card. Have yeah. a Google profile. And you can go to the old traditional way and start networking. And part of marketing is how you present yourself, how you show up for people, um, how you listen, how how you give value. Yeah. So you can start marketing yourself well before you spend a dime on anything that has a bow or whistle. Right, right, exactly. But like you said, one supports the other, right? You want to make sure that you got some of the basics in place. And then when you go out, meet people and you hand them their card. What, what are they going to do? They're going to add your email list, their, your email to their list. They're going to look up your website. They're going to check and see what's out there. So yeah, there's a, if you're willing to put the time in, I mean, look, you and I both know it won't be great, but you could start and build a one-page website too, I guess through what, Squarespace or Wix or something like that, just and to have a place marker until you have the money or the time to hire somebody to find somebody like you to help them to you know build something a little bit more comprehensive, a little bit bigger, a little, you know, I'm always redoing stuff through clients of mine who were in the marketing business. And we built parts over time. It took a long time. And I have some automated sections of my website where you can go and buy it. This is in New Jersey, but you can buy a will mm-hmm. and it doesn't exactly automate it, but I had to build all those parts. It took a long time to, to get them all in place and, and built. Um, I do. You know. While we're on easy and cheap, two simple examples that I think are super brilliant. Okay. You can buy a domain name. It's going to be 10 to $20 a year. Right. Buy the domain name. You can have it redirect to your Google reviews. So when someone okay. goes to your domain name, it goes to that Google profile that you set up for free. Another thing that I've seen people do that I love is you can have it redirect to your LinkedIn profile. So even if you don't have a website, but you like your website. built your LinkedIn, that can be your right. website. And what better business card than LinkedIn that has your skill set? It has your resume. It has posts. It has, you can get people to give you recommendations. Like I'm talking about stuff that literally someone could start yesterday and not spend a penny on uh, other than the domain name, I guess. Right. It's, yeah. It's not cost, cost you a couple drinks. Like, and on LinkedIn, if I remember right, I have a personal page, you know, for, as a, as a business guy, as an attorney, I have a page for the, for the practice mm-hmm. and I have a page for the podcast. So I could direct them to any of those. That's um, right. Different pages. Yeah. No, I, that's all great, great advice. I think that's, but it's like you said, like people, 
they want to do it and they they have to put the time aside. And that's the one commitment you have to make to yourself is I got a schedule from two to four every Monday to work on my market. You know, I block off generally Mondays. There's always something client needs me, but I try to block off Mondays to do my marketing, you know, bookkeeping, things like that. So I keep the system just in check. It's a, and you know, obviously the better you get and the more you build, takes me less time. Everything's working, double check everything. I'm just switching over to a new marketing system. So I got a I got a couple of kinks I'm trying to work out. Um, but you know, for the most part, you want to make sure that it's still that it's still working. And Mitch, you just said two hours in two hours is a decent amount of time in your day. Cumulatively, it adds up to a ton, but I want to, I want to make like a really bold statement. You can disagree with me if you want sales, marketing, and leadership. Uh If you have any one of those three skills, especially if you have all three, you will be able to find a job for the rest of your life. Of course. If you're good at sales, if you're good at marketing and or good at leadership, charisma, persuasion, anything like that, you are massively employable. And as an entrepreneur, it's not gonna be easy in the front. If you have the right product, you're going to be successful. Everybody wants someone that can sell, anyone that can market a product for them. Or even if you stink at those two and you're a good leader, and you can, that, that's another thing that I think is really intangible, just leadership skills. But when you're investing two hours, maybe two hours a day, maybe 30 minutes a day yeah. in one of those three categories for the rest of your life, 30 minutes a day, one of those three categories, the rest of your life, what kind of life are you going to live? Oh my God, you'll, you'll be happy, successful, fruitful, have all the options. I was looking at it that way. Somebody says, well, you know, well, you think like uh, maybe um, building a uh, website, let's say, or building a keep in touch program or, or setting up marketing things. Does that really work? I said, well, think about it. If you did all these things right, right, you're getting reviews, you're meeting people, you're connecting with people, you're keeping in touch with them, you're providing with valuable information. Those people are giving you referrals. If all those things are working at the same time on a constant basis. Is it is it possible to fail? I, I don't think so. I mean, if if it if you're still failing, then you're totally missing something. But I, I was looking at it I that way. Say, yeah, it is possible to sail if fail if your product or solution isn't good or doesn't work. Right. Obviously, let's let's I put that aside. Right. And then you humble yourself and you go do something else. Like you right. can fail for six months to a year, find out that you're not in the proper position and go be successful elsewhere. Right. You learned. Be, it, right. So but but no. you as a person you're not going to fail long term. No. A no, time in your if- life might fail, but yeah, you will exactly look even if you failed at whatever you're doing, if you're doing it right, you're still building connections. You're still meeting mm-hmm. people f- for other, you know, resources. You, you know, I was, I was talking to a guy earlier uh, for another episode and, you know, one of the things he did when he was young, he's still young, I think he's in his thirties, but when, when he was young is that he would go out and he would try and meet somebody, get introduced to somebody who's successful and ask him why they were successful, what did they fail at, had, what did they learn? And then, Ben, can you introduce me to somebody else that you learned from and what, and he would move up. And not only did he learn a lot, and now he's in real estate and he owns a couple of companies and they have some technology companies and all kinds of stuff. But when they went to raise money for one of the companies, I think it's a technology company, he had a network of people to go to. Now, maybe you, Ben, weren't the guy who invested in the company, but he said, Ben, remember you told me you did this and this. Do you know anybody I can talk to about raising capital for the company? Sure. And then, you know what I mean? He already had that, had that in place. And if you do all those things, Regardless of what you're doing now, if you end up in a different profession or a different place, or you go out on your own and it's, you know, you're working for a marketing company and now you got your own marketing company, you're going to be successful if you just do those things on a, on a regular basis, because you'll always have a fallback. You'll always have a network. You'll always have people that know you and trust you and like you and want to help you. People generally want to help, I think, right? I mean, they, yeah. they enjoy that. When you, when you go to somebody and say, hey, will you buy this? They're like, no. And you instead you go to them and say, hey, you know, would you help me out with this? I want your advice. Sure. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to help you, give you advice, Ben. I don't know if we can, you and I can do business together directly. Maybe I need you, maybe I don't, but I can definitely give you advice. And then you then know who you meet. Sky's the limit. So I think I think it's all great stuff. How many uh 
how many clients you guys have now? Because you've been doing this for several years now. Dang, I don't, I can't give you a count. Um, Good. That means it's a bigger number than three. Well, so yes and no. Here's the thing. There's two major categories. There's the pure DM, like freelance, one-time jobs. Right. For example, building a website, creating a right. video, logo design. Yeah, I do. And then a will for my, somebody, and then they're done. Exactly. And right. then there's my ongoing clients that um, most of which I've been with for over a year now. I've only been in business for just over two years. Wow. But I've only been kicking butt for about a year. And most of my clients have been with me over a year. So those reoccurring clients that I work with on a month to month basis, I think there's eight of them. Yeah. There's seven to nine. I'm kind of counting them in my head. That doesn't matter. And then I do a lot of odd jobs on the side, um, which bring quick income, one time deal, as you just mentioned, sometimes needed. Right, of course. And you have, I assume the company is all virtual at this point, right? Do you have some freelancers that do work for you or a lot of it at this point you're still doing? Yeah, I'm 100% virtual and you hear eight or nine clients. That's not that big. But what I do is- That's a lot of bandwidth for one person. Yeah, I have partnerships. I'm still partnered with the the magazine newspaper. I'm partnered with freelancers. I have a graphic designer that I pay full time. Um, And then just transparently, we don't take on clients that have a $100 a month budget. Right. We want to provide premium services to businesses that are looking to scale and really grow. So I don't need 50 clients. You know, 10 to 15 would be my sweet spot. And I honestly could probably <laughs> outsource some stuff and just live the life of my dreams. I'm, I'm thinking way as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking five years down the road, but yeah, we have yeah, to man, think that way, right? I'm Why are you to doing build, it? I'm What's trying to build goal? a lifestyle. Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. I think I'll, some people they don't realize what they can automate and outsource and continue to grow and improve the quality of their life. I think that's one of the advantages of being a solopreneur, I guess. I mean, even as a lawyer, I mean, I, I grow and I, but I have a lot of per diem people. I have a lot of colleagues that I send things to and vice versa. I do not want employees anymore. Hmm. I don't want payroll. I don't want all the BS that goes with it. And I don't know where that leaves me in 10 or 15 years because I can only bring on so many clients, but like you said, I don't need 200 clients. I have hundreds of clients that need different things at different times. But in terms of regular monthly paying retainer clients, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting up there. And, and if I get to the point where I'm at 10 or 15, I'm going to have to hire somebody to, to help me with it. So I don't know if I want to. It's, it's Life's a choice, right? That's why when you're in business, you get to choose who you do business with, how many people you do business with, and how you grow the business. And you don't have to listen to what anybody told you you should do. Like, that's the beauty of even if you're not an entrepreneur yet and you're looking to start a side gig. Yeah. You don't have to listen to anybody. I mean, you have to listen to the law, obviously. Right. Right. However, if you want to take a day off, you can take that day off. If you want to scale, you can scale. If you're happy, make let's just use blanket numbers. Okay. If you're happy making 100K a year working 20 hours a week, maybe that's better than making 150 working 40. Like yeah. that's up to you. That's completely yeah. up to you. That's the right. beauty. Well, I think a lot of people are realizing that during the pandemic, right? With the, the big yeah. the big resignation, they're calling it, right? Because people are realizing that my life's too short. And, you know, I'm, we, I think one of the problems in this country is that we we live to work. We don't work to live like in other parts of the world where they're more focused on living and family and things like that. And the working is just something that supports all that. We do it the other way in this country in a lot of cases where people are working 60, 80 hours a week and you know, they kiss their kids at night when the kids are sleeping already and they leave in the morning before everyone's up. And, you know, maybe on the weekends they see them and then life passes by and there's nothing. What's the point, right? They're all the ashes at the end of the day. Anyways, dust. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I thank you for sharing your advice. I wish you the best of luck. I want to stay in touch and follow your progress. And you know, maybe we can check in a year from now and see what's going on with the business and what are the things people should be doing and, and, and stuff like that. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you, interact with you, learn with you? I'm going to guess LinkedIn is the first place. Yeah, so I'll make it super easy for people. And we'll put the links in the show notes, Tim. So the links are in the show notes. I'd Google one of two things. Google Balbert Marketing. That's B Albert Marketing. All right. Balbert's one word. Right. And it's in well, it's on your screen, your oh, virtual yeah. background. 
Yeah. Yeah. The Balbert logo. So Google Balbert marketing or Google real business connections, real business connections is the podcast. If you want to listen to great, just incredible conversations, just like this, we didn't even touch on that. We could go freaking five hours on just that. Well, People should definitely subscribe to the podcast. How often do episodes come out? Um, I'm reducing frequency, but at least twice a week. Oh, that's a lot. I was doing yeah. twice a week. It was getting too much. Now I do once yeah. a week. Um, I, it's the beauty, and we don't have to get into this, is I have enough clients that I don't have to do. Podcast is an incredible networking tool. Right, But it's it taking time from my clients, so I have yeah. to reduce the the podcast simply so I could serve more people. But if you were to Google Balbert Marketing, um, my website, I'm redoing it. It's literally just a one-pager with all my links in one spot. Got it. So literally the LinkedIn, the Instagram, the Facebook, the podcast, all my services. It's all there. All right there. So just go there. And my Calendly link's there too. Um, I don't charge people for my time until we actually start implementing a solution. Right. So if you want to network and chat, yeah. let's talk. Sure. So awesome. it's all right there. All right. So uh, Ben, I can't thank you enough. And let's definitely stay in touch. People reach out to Ben, go to Balbert Marketing, connect with him on LinkedIn and uh, – Let's all start learning from each other. I think it's uh, always a valuable exercise. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moskovich and made to order music. For more information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at the Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at beinackerlaw.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.